Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another week here on Let's Go There, getting going. Hello. Hello. How was your weekend? My weekend was a... Pretty chill. My weekend was, you know, if I'm being honest, I didn't really do much. I Good. had plans, but then I had an intense therapy session on Saturday where it kind of drained me, where I was like, nope, not going anywhere. Good for you. So I just joined a bunch of 12 year olds and played Fortnite on PS5. <laughs> well, that's a stress reliever. <laughs> You know, you I'm surprisingly good at it, you know, actually, to answer your question. Um, no, I'm surprisingly good at it, you know? So, uh, did you beat out all the 12-year-olds? Oh, hell yeah, I was, I was oh, beating that's great. their ass. <laughs> which most of them need, because you don't need to know what the 12-year-olds are saying over that speakerphone. Oh, you could actually hear them? Oh, You're, like, God, talking to them? Oh, I'm not so you basically hung out with have, a bunch of teenagers. Well, I don't have, I don't have head, I don't have a headset, but the speaker comes out, and you can hear I think them, you need like, to get you a headset. Cussing. I mean, if you want to, Oprah, Ellen, if there's a wish list out there, you can buy me all the things. Okay. If there's Thanks. a birthday or a special day coming up. Yeah, I mean, I don't really need I'm not that much of a gamer. How was your weekend? Wait, not much of a gamer. You spent hours on Saturday doing it. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I did a bit of a spa treatment. I went on those like floating tank sensory deprivation things. Oh, that's that cool. was cool. And I went into a sauna for forty five minutes at one hundred and fifty degrees. Forty five minutes. Yeah, that was intense. I've Why never did done you it do that it long. for that long. That's what they said. So I wanted to go with what they were telling me to do. Oh my god, that's almost an hour. It was a lot. Did you feel like you were gonna pass at any point? I was like, I was getting kind of uh, wiggly. Like you I didn't want to. I know I wasn't wanting to lie down too much because I felt yeah, it was like if I lie down. I might, you know, my blood pressure or like, yeah, feel when I stand up faint. Well, but your, then your skin looks great. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I feel good. I'm eating. To, yeah. I'm, eat, I'm going through a bit of a. She has spent two days eating. Eating well, and she's no like, eggs I and cheese. Completely have a different lifestyle change. <laughs> There's no, 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 none of the dairy anymore. Plus, by the sun, how long that's going to last? Oh, it's going to because no. I want to tell you what I was. I was smelling. Don't talk about your bodily smells, please. Your body oh, odor. Wow. Please. That'll be enough incentive to make me want to eat well. It's right not. Now. It's not the fact that you don't eat eggs or like you're cheese. not eating cheese anymore. That makes a difference. It's it's the fact that you're using like that organic ass deodorant. Go get some regular deodorant like everybody else. <laughs> Thank you, please. So I'm trying to make the gluten free vegan deodorants work. <laughs> they don't work. Fine then. Yeah. All right. Well, lots coming up on the show. Do drag queens today lack talent, and are they delusional? 
One prominent queen says yes. We discuss it with our drag expert later the show. A new podcast is bringing the craziest scandals in the game show world to life. We have the host of this new podcast joining us next hour. And if you've been one of those people who said, if only Republicans would get to know someone who's LGBTQ or trans, well, maybe they would care. We're going to tell you what one GOP figurehead in Texas did and what he's saying about that. That's in 30 minutes with the 19th. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden announced on Twitter that he was nominating D.C. Court of Appeals Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. If confirmed, Jackson would be the first black woman to sit on the high court. He uh, tweeted that I'm proud to announce that I'm nominating Judge Ketanji to serve on the Supreme Court. Currently serving on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, she is one of the nation's brightest legal minds and will be an exceptional justice. Well, she's 51 years old. She's a Harvard College and Harvard Law School graduate. Now heads to the Senate for meetings with lawmakers as she prepares for confirmation hearings before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Now, Lauren Witzke, the Delaware GOP's candidate for Senate in 2020, had nothing but praise for Putin and his, quote, Christian nationalist nation on Crosspoint this past week. Here's the deal. Also, you know, Russia is uh, a... Christian nationalist nation. They're actually Orthodox Christian and mm. Russian Orthodox. So, you know, I actually support Putin's right to protect his people and always put his people first, but also protect their Christian values. I identify more with Russian, uh, with Putin's Christian values than I do with Joe Biden. <laughs> where's where's that sound effect? <laughs> I think you just did it. I think you just did. I don't know. This is, there I don't we go. Think we need it. There we go. Yeah, nothing more to say about that. Uh... <laughs> The governors of a handful of U.S. states have ordered government-run liquor stores to stop selling Russian-made vodka and distilled spirits in solidarity with the Ukrainian people after Russia's invasion of the country. Utah Governor Spencer Cox became the latest over the weekend, um, telling the State Department to do that, take off all Russian-produced product and uh, branded products from the shelves in its retail stores. And he's joining other governors like New Hampshire, Ohio, and Pennsylvania in taking what is largely a symbolic gesture of support for Ukraine. So that is really interesting. Or do you think you're going to stop using Russian products? If you, I guess if you know they're Russian. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to check everything I own now. I don't know. I don't think I own anything that's Russian. I mean, uh, like the obvious one is the vodka. which actually, I don't even drink vodka. Yeah, that's true. You're a whiskey guy. Yeah, all the way because I, I, I already knew. Someone right in the vodka. <laughs> you had Just the saying. vibes. Just saying. You knew something was going to go down. Just saying. Problema- problematic nature of vodka. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right. The 2022 SAG Awards were last night, and let's talk about one of the most awkward moments that happened, possibly. It's time mm. for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Laverne Cox is being called, quote, messy for bringing up one of the hardest moments of Jada Pickett Smith and Will Smith's marriage right in front of the Hollywood couple on the red carpet when she was interviewing them. Uh, here she is wrapping up their conversation on E! News with this little shade. We love you. Thank you for all the years of joy you brought us. Thank you. We can't wait for more red table talk and more, more entanglements. And- <laughs> I mean, wait, so I can feel you like, imagine? I feel like that, right, this is the thing. I feel for Laverne because I feel like I would have said that. It would have been like, 
like, oh yeah, I can't wait for my table. And you know, any other stuff that comes up and then you're like, Well, that's oh. what she was doing. Here's the interesting thing because you know, E! News is like, they have celebrities kind of like doing the host spot now. So really these celebrities are kind of like, they they probably feel a, little, a lot more able to, you know, say a, a certain things because they come from the same industry. They're actually yeah. like, those are their colleagues. They're just like playing guys. Yeah, and so it was really interesting um, because if you don't know why the award entanglement is such a big deal here, it went viral when Jada disclosed her uh, little her moment uh, with uh, August Alsina due to the Facebook Watch's host refusal to call it an actual affair. Uh, Will, however, did not let this ruin his big night as he took home his first SAG Award for outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. Here is a little bit of his speech that we have. It was really beautiful. That may have been uh, one of the greatest moments of my career just now. Um, because my name was called for King Richard sitting next to Venus Williams. <laughs> yeah, so that went on for like a, a whole three minutes where he got to thank everyone, thank the actresses that, you know, his, uh, and, and it was just really, it was his co-stars, it was just really, really beautiful. Um, and honestly, I think he's going to get that Oscar. I'm just saying. That's your tea report. We got more coming up next hour, so stick around for that. Love it. Okay, well, next up, we're breaking down the latest happening between Ukraine and Russia. We've got Ken Charles from KNX News joining us for that next. Russian and Ukraine officials held talks Monday, meeting on the border of Belarus for the first time since the Russian invasion. Last week, it was the capital, Kiev, and now three areas of Kharkiv, Ukraine's second largest city, is being attacked with a ton of casualties. And back with us is someone we haven't had on in a while, Ken Charles, program director at our sister station, KNX News, 97.1 FM. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, happy to be here. Not happy to be here under these circumstances. Right? I mean, this has been just crazy what's been happening unimaginable so i guess what are the latest updates it seems like they're holding talks but is it going anywhere no and and, you know look to have a talk you need to have two sides willing to negotiate and clearly putin has shown throughout his entire tenure but certainly with this he's not willing to negotiate and since nobody can really figure out exactly what he wants um, other than to try to put back, you know, Humpty Dumpty, which fell in 1989, um, there's nothing for the Ukrainians to negotiate. They're not going to give up land. They're not going to give up their freedom. They're not going to give up democracy. So it's wonderful to talk, but you've got to have two sides willing to give something, and there's nothing for the Ukrainians to give. Yeah, and it seems like Putin at this point um, is just willing to go as far as he wants to. So I think a lot of people are wondering, especially now that the words like nuclear have been thrown into the conversation, how worried should we be about the threat of like nuclear weapons being involved right now? Not, not at all. I mean, you know, there is no circumstance I can see where Putin, who I wouldn't say is the most rational of rational players, but nuclear spins out of control so quickly that trying to use a tactical nuke or something small, um, the worldwide reaction to that explodes in a really ugly way. Um, let's all remember World War I started with a small assassination and ended up in a world war. You know, And yeah. so I would tell you that it's a nice way to try to say, hey, don't mess with me to the world. 
but there's no reality that I can see that anything nuclear is going to be used. But I do wonder, haven't we kind of already underestimated him and his actions already? So it's kind of like we should be prepared for anything. Um, I don't know that we've underestimated. I mean, look, you know, anybody in Washington who thought he wasn't serious and going to go in has not spent time watching Putin after Crimea and Belarus and other things that he's done. You know, when, when, when a country puts troops on the border of another country, they're coming. They didn't do that for, you know, summer exercises. They didn't do that to play around. He was always going. The question was when. That is true. So I don't think he was underestimated. Um, You know, I I think everybody knew exactly what he was going to do. The question was, did we move quick enough? And the answer to that, both for us, for NATO, and for Europe, is no, we didn't. Those sanctions should have been imposed long before he attacked. Um, Cutting him off from the SWIFT bank should have happened long. Like, all of that stuff should have happened. In fact, we were talking for a woman who's in Kiev. Um, and she's wondering why there's not been a no-fly zone created by NATO over the Ukraine to prevent air power that the Soviets have um, and the Ukrainians really don't have from dropping their bombs there. So even the people inside Ukraine who are appreciative of all the support are wondering why don't we move quick enough. Mm. That is true. Ken Charles from KNX News joins us right now. With that said, do you think these restrictions from the U.S. and other Western countries are moving the needle at all? Does Putin really care? <laughs> well, you know, listen, for, for the, the number I've heard is $800 billion that he kind of sanction-proofed, knowing that this was going to happen. So he's already kind of, you know, look, the Russians play a long game. Um, Europe plays a long game, much longer than we do. And so, you know what, he has prepared some of it. But I don't think what he was really prepared for was the citizens of Ukraine and the military of the Ukraine standing up to the Russian army the way they have. And let's look at this. I mean, I don't know, you know, and this is a weird thing to say because you pay armies to kill other people. I mean, that is their job. But I'm not sure that the Russian army is really, like, has their heart set in this because you've got to understand the action, and I don't think they do. The other thing, with the ruble down over 20%, those soldiers just took a giant pay cut. Their money is now worth much, much less. So their actions and the reason that they are in the military is to get a paycheck um, have now been cut drastically between inflation and between this action. Their money buys a lot less. It's hard to have your heart in it, and it's hard to have you fight a fight when you just got taken, you know, had, had to take a pay cut. That's true. What about Russian citizens? Are they coming up uh, out against Putin? Will that make um, a difference? So you've, you've seen protests in the streets. I, th- I want to say the number in Moscow is like 5,000 people have already been arrested. And I think you're going to see more. You know, I think you're going to continue to see more and more people. I mean, look, there are a lot of people in Ukraine with relatives in Russia and vice versa. Um, social media is out there. You know, it, it's not like you can put the, the, the horse back in the barn. They know what's going on. And not understanding why. I mean, Putin can say Nazification, but even the the the, the, the most average um, Soviet Soviet sorry Russian citizen doesn't buy that like they would have bought that in 1943. True. It's not the same thing. And when you're talking about a Jewish guy who lost family in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. it's hard to make that charge stick to anybody.
Yep. All right. That was Ken Charles from KNX News and 97.1 FM program director, or as our producer Justin says, head honcho. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll take that. That's not bad. (laughs) Thanks again. Appreciate it. Now, our sister station, KNX News 97.1 FM, is the go-to destination for local national news here in L.A. and throughout the country on the Odyssey app. Just a reminder. But what's next, Ryan? Okay, so, well, with there being a record number of out LGBTQ candidates running in Texas's primary, is that going to help the policies that are happening right now? More coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Well, according to the Victory Fund, there has been a record number of out LGBTQ candidates running in the Texas primary. But is that enough? And joining us is uh, Kate Sawson, LGBTQ plus reporter at the 19th. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, before we get into the current queer representation that we're going to talk about later in this conversation, you actually wrote an incredible story uh, about a 2016 dinner between the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and a family that has and was impacted by the anti-trans legislation uh, that's happening in Texas. Well, six years later, this family wants answers. Can you briefly kind of break this down on why this story now in the spotlight on this story, the importance of it? Yeah, so um, so the story is about Amber Briggle and her uh, 
her trans son, um, who at the time of this dinner was eight years old. And, you know, back in 2016, of course, we saw this onslaught of anti-trans bathroom measures. And Ken Paxton had supported um, a measure basically to ban trans students from using a restroom. And um, at that time, a local reporter had come to Am to Amber Briggle for comment and said, you know, is there anything that you want me to ask Ken Paxton, the attorney general? And she said, yeah, you know, would you ask him if he would come to dinner with us? And to her surprise, the attorney general agreed. And so what happened was uh, Ken Paxton and his wife came to dinner um, at their Dallas area home and brought a dessert. They all sat down at the table um, with this family's two kids, um, you know, Ken Paxton went and washed his hands um, with this kid in their bathroom. They talked about mundane things over a family meal. And he uh, at some point turned around and, and looked at Amber Brigham and he said, this is really nice. It's been a while since I had kids this age. Um, and then as he was leaving, um, Amber Briggle said, you know, could you do more to support trans kids? And he kind of shrugged and he said, I don't make the laws. It's not up. It's not up to me. Um, and the reason why this dinner from 2016 is coming up now is because about 10 days ago, Ken Paxton issued an opinion um, finding that gender affirming care for transgender youth is child abuse. Now, his opinion is not binding. Uh, wow. It is not law. It is an opinion. However, uh, the Republican governor, Greg Abbott, um, last Wednesday said that he backs up Paxton and is going to enforce this, uh, which is unclear that he can actually do, but it's caused a lot of worry for Texas parents. Yeah, and, and do you think in sharing this story, it will reveal more about him or change his mind or other people's minds? I mean, it just seems like even in meeting families and getting to know trans kid, it do, kids, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, that's a question that I, I've asked a lot of advocates because we saw this recently also in South Dakota where they just passed the first anti-trans bill of the year. Um, those lawmakers have had years to get to know transgender children and still passed an anti-trans sports ban. And I asked advocates, what does it mean that these folks have actually known trans kids? And they said, we actually just have to do more of this work. Mm. Um, it's not just about lawmakers knowing trans kids, but it's also about all of us, people, voters, yeah. knowing transgender children. Because when we say transgender children, so many of us know less than half the country still knows like 42% knows a trans person, even fewer of us know a transgender child. That's hard to picture. And so yeah. there just needs to be a lot more education, a lot more outreach. Kate Sasson is with us, the LGBTQ plus reporter at the 19th. And as we wrap this up, I think, you know, with the Victory Fund saying that there's a record number of out LGBTQ candidates running in Texas primary, do you think this representation could play a part in the, you know, being like the combat? I guess, coming against the, the current anti-trans policies and legislations that we're seeing. Yeah, from what I understood and the entire reason for the Victory Fund's, you know, reason of being is that it is really hard to look someone in the face and vote against them, right? And what, that's true if a, if a young kid shows up at your office and, and lobbies on a bill. And it's also true if you get to know one of your colleagues 
who is openly LGBTQ, and then you're forced to go into session and vote on one of these bills. And so the reason why the Victory Fund exists is because we know, um, you know, studies show that knowing LGBTQ people, especially having them in these legislatures, makes all the difference in the world. It is really hard to have to work side by side with people and then vote against them. Yeah. So right. Yeah, that is true. So uh, I guess will will this go through? I mean, the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is obviously pushing it through. So what's the next step? So the, the fact of the matter is, you know, Texas did try to pass um, a bill last year that would have made gender affirming care uh child abuse, and they failed. There's not legal precedent for this anywhere in the country, and there are federal protections for trans people. So um, a lot of people, a lot of advocates, a lot of experts say that this is a political stunt um, because Mm -hmm. Ken Paxton is facing a really tough re-election. He's um, he's facing two separate investigations. Um, And so I don't know that there's a whole lot of concern about this actually taking effect in texas what it the concern is though that it does send a message that trans are not welcome in that state definitely well thank you again uh for joining us for this that was kate sausen lgbtq plus reporter at the 19th thank you appreciate it now coming up next we're getting into the celebrity behind ukraine's president because he has a bit of an imdb history more on that next Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is capturing all of our attention, obviously, for everything happening right now and just for his leadership, right, Um, on the front lines, really, of uh, a fight and a war right now. And people are just calling him out in the best way possible just for everything he's doing. But who knew that he was actually a celebrity? He was an actor dancer comedian i mean he's still all of those things he is but like that's how he came up before he was president he pulled a trump but he wasn't trump let's be clear he was on dancing with the stars he voiced paddington bear and now he's a president and it's working, it seems. I know. It's actually really shocking to um, to see all the clips that are coming out. I mean, he's pre- he was pretty everything on Dancing with the Stars. I don't know if he won. Um, but it's also really interesting seeing shows here kind of like uh, in, in different countries and seeing like their interpretation of it, yeah. which for the most part, it's the same thing. Um, but yeah, it's just he, he seems like he really was able to... Um, gain the respect and trust of the Ukrainian people in ways that they felt so um, comfortable with electing him and and him coming into power. And my thing is, he's kind of proven it. Like, the ways that he's, uh, you know, over the weekend, he was really saying, like, I don't I don't need, you know, like the, a certain type of support. I just need like actual help. Like I don't need a ride. They were trying to get him out of the country. And he was like, I don't need a ride. I'm I'm here for the like he's a ride or die in all the ways, yeah. right? He's yeah. he's wants to, He's with his people. He's with his people. His family is out there with him as well. It's just like yeah. he's willing to stay there knowing that he is going to pop 
possibly die. And that's the type of leader that is above and beyond any of his cred uh, that what he's done, you know, when it comes to his career. This is he's in the trenches. This is a moment yeah. where he has proven what he is capable of and and what he's in right now. So that's the thing is we've had a lot of celebrities run, as we know. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California. Caitlyn Jenner tried to run, obviously. Uh, Why are you bringing up all the sucky ones? Well, what, what were there good ones? No, because no celebrity should be in that. Well, position. that's the thing, but he proves possibly it can happen. But I also think that's different because when you're thinking about the Ukraine, I don't. Our so country, smaller... United States, is a different country. Like we are, uh, Reagan. Reagan was an actor. Yeah, he was a cowboy actor, a Western Reagan actor. Reagan was he? also, he, uh, never mind, we can yeah. go on to Reagan. <laughs> was that to be like, I, yeah. st- I said a good one. Um, thing, when you are talking about a smaller country, it, you know. The, You're uh, selling my talking point. Okay. Thank you. Go. No, it's more. Uh, <laughs> great, literally wait, wait, about to steal Ryan, great, wait, wait, one sec. Great minds think alike. No, I was saying it. <laughs> That great minds don't look at think alike when I was in the middle of saying it. Continue. No, but because of the cult- culture here in the United States, it's completely different how we view celebrity. I, we, no one else is thinking about celebrities in the way that, unfortunately, it has dominated our entire country and, and how it is. So over there in the Ukraine, yes, it's probably is a huge deal, and that probably really informed how he even got into the position of being the president. But, like, I don't think it was our celebrities as superficial as it is, like, here in the States versus, like, other parts of the world, possibly. Uh, that is true. But I, I think this is a great example for someone uh, doing it right. Yeah. And yeah, I don't. maybe he'll be back on Dancing with Stars if they can get through this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just honestly, I, it's just been really inspiring to, to see how he's he's shown up for his people and has stayed there because any other leader, I mean, oh. I think in Afghanistan when everything was happening, that leader, he literally was on the next plane out. He, got, out. he, he left. And so the fact that we're seeing this and uh, I mean, honestly, it's just it's incredible to, to watch and it's also heartbreaking to watch. But, you know, it's still really cool. He's Paddington Bear in the Ukraine. <laughs> Which I would love to hear what his paddock to bear sounds like. Exactly. Uh, well, once again, another fascinating story coming out of there. And we just wanted to cover this because all these videos right now are being posted of all his shows that he's been on. Another way to celebrate the leader right now. Yeah, but yeah. next up, we're also celebrating Ukraine's gay combat volunteers who are ready to fight. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Anything you could do, I could do. Well, we're back. Is this a tidbit moment, producer Justin? Why? Why would you think that? I mean, I didn't choose this as the opening song, but I like it. Bernadette Peters is always great. Well, speaking of Bernadette Peters, happy birthday, Bernadette Peters! The Broadway legend celebrates her 74th birthday today. So cute. Yeah, she looks good for 74. Have you seen her recently? On shows, but those shows could have been shot, obviously, a few years ago. <laughs> she always looks really beautiful, though. Bernadette. She is aging gracefully. She ages in reverse. I think there's like a, a painting oh, of her aging. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's uh, my girl from Harry Potter. <laughs> no, from the... That's, that's, uh, that's Helena like Bonham Carter. Yeah. But that's my girl from the Cinderella movie. Yeah. The I believe brand, I haven't seen brandy, that one. The Brandy Cinderella. Okay, there got you. it. Well, happy birthday, Bernadette Peters. Lots happening in this next hour. A new podcast is bringing the craziest scandals in the game show world to life. We have the host of this new podcast joining us in 10 minutes. Plus, our weekly Drag Race recap. And are some of the latest queens delusional? That's next hour. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. I can't wait to find out which queens you think are delusional, Sheila. Oh, me too. It's going to be really interesting. I know you have a long list. (laughs) You've been doing a lot of research. It includes you. (laughs) Ding, ding, you're right. 
<laughs> You're right, actually. Okay, uh, now some top headlines. LGBTQ combat volunteers are sharing with the Daily Beast that members of the gay community have been ready to get prepare, to prepare for this invasion of Ukraine in recent weeks. On Sunday, the U.S. warned that Russia has a kill list of Ukrainians to be detained or killed. The list reportedly contains many journalists, LGBTQ plus people, politicians, and government officials. Now, Russia has a history of human rights violations, as we know. There was an anti-gay purge, for instance, in the Russian Republic of Chechnya that drove the LGBTQ community underground. Many were detained in the region, while many more fled. So this is obviously very scary to imagine Ukraine now becoming part of Russia, where we know there's not a lot of support of the LGBTQ community, but yet they are coming in full force to fight. Now, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, shared this after Russia's veto of the Security Council resolution. Veto our voices. You can veto this resolution, but you cannot veto our voices. You cannot veto the truth. You cannot veto our principles. You cannot veto the Ukrainian people. You cannot veto the UN Charter. And you will not veto accountability. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the hope, right? That is the hope. Now, I don't know if you've been seeing, but Dancing with the Stars alum, Maxime uh, Sherkovsky, has been posting a lot on Instagram, including the fact this was last week that he was in Ukraine. He posted a, a very emotional video about this. Well, as of today, he shared with his followers that he was arrested in his home country amid Russia's invasion and is figuring out how to get out. At one point, I got arrested. Like, food outside of here uh, but uh, again all good promise but that was uh, probably the least traumatizing uh, moment in this whole thing for as far as Ukraine is concerned but for me it was just a reality check you know no matter no matter what it is and how it is it was a crazy reality check so yeah a lot of these stories coming out of the ukraine right now of course he's also mentioned that he's privileged like he can leave the country and there's so many people that are stuck there right now uh, walking across the border to poland others just finding a way to flee or somewhere to go so really devastating that was what's trending this hour what's happening in entertainment news ryan well let's switch gears here because kanye west is saying that kim kardashian can't prove any of his social media posts were written by him Okay. Yeah. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, okay. So according to Legal Docs, um, West attorneys uh, say the messages are hearsay and inadmissible in court. Uh, saying this, quote, Kim claims she read something online allegedly by Kanye and characterizes the post in her declaration as misinformation. Kim needed to offer the social media posts into evidence and show that the posts were written by Kanye. So all of those posts where he was coming for Pete Davidson, coming for her, he literally is saying now that he deleted it, that Kim can't prove that it was even him that wrote it. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like gaslighting her even more, being like, "Well, how does how does she know that I even uh, posted millions that?" Millions of people <laughs> screenshotted it. He okay. So here's um, basically this. He says, which it, it's really interesting if if we're being honest, how this is coming up because earlier this month he actually, you know, remember when Kanye was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take accountability." He said this. I take accountability. I'm still learning in real time. I don't have all the answers. To be a good leader is to be a good listener. Um, he says, I know sharing screenshots was jarring and come off as harassing Kim. 
so what are you talking about? Now you're trying to say that they weren't even that like from you and Kim can't use those in, in, in the case of everything. Um, because earlier this week, Kardashian, she actually begged a judge to sign off on her divorce papers, ex- uh, explaining that Kanye's posts were causing emotional distress. And so it's just wild that now Kanye has thought about doing this in this way. It's, he's like a master gaslighter. Yeah. He's, it's like, it wasn't me. Just of course awkward. not. I mean, come on. He's, people are, he can't play this game. I mean, it's going to backfire. Is, yeah, I know. Well, that's the sad part. Yeah. Uh, so he really shows where his mental state is at. But I just, I really feel bad for Kim. He, she's just wanting to get out. She's like, just end this thing. End yeah, this chapter. I want out. It's so awful. Um, and yeah, that's your tea report. We got more coming up next hour. Okay. Well, as more stories about cons go viral online, I mean, you're watching that show about, oh, is it Anna? Inventing Anna. Inventing Anna. Uh, so that's a scripted show, but then there's also the Tinder Swindler. Yes. That yes. we've been talking about. There's a new podcast that's looking at some of the biggest cons, but in the game show world. The host of World's Greatest Con joins us next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Well, it seems like we keep talking about cons in this space, um, you know, happening over time. Of course, Tinder Swindler, that's been big recently. The documentary, uh, I need to get more into that. I haven't seen it. Really? You are missing out. I'm just trying to catch up on everything. I know. And now that guy's trying to. Especially when it's wrapped in love. (laughs) But that guy's trying to become famous now and all that. Like, he's actually. I mean, he's a con artist yeah but how and but yet only in america does someone like that we give him more fame right Uh, i don't know if he's going to get the fame but he most definitely has it just based off of netflix and the documentary yeah that is true well who knew that there were a lot of cons in the game show world right there's a podcast that looks at all of this and it's called uh world's greatest con it's season two Take a listen. It's 1957 and 200 people are getting pulled into a grand jury. They're all told the same thing. Tell the truth. You'll be on your way. But if you lie, you are going to be indicted on federal perjury charges. We're talking about lawyers, professors, active military, respected individuals, people with a lot to lose. And fascinatingly, one by one, These individuals go to the grand jury and the overwhelming majority lie. 
Well, that was very suspenseful. That was a clip from World's Greatest Con and Exploration of History's Greatest Deceptions, uh, the podcast. Brian Brushwood joins us right now, a magician comedian who's also the host of this podcast, does a lot of other things, including... Um, it brought to, he brings a scam school for discovery. Well, how about we bring him in so he Brian, can tell us more? You're an expert. Yeah, look, at I, scams? I, I'm, just, I, I'm not bitter, but you guys are talking about the tinder, tinder swindler. That's been my dessert at the end of yes, this journey. I've been waiting you. to dive in. Sometimes you, sometimes you, I have to get you know wrangle on Shira. But please, I love how obsessed you are with cons because who doesn't think about you know the person or just who doesn't enjoy watching these cons kind of happen? And it's unfortunate all the times. But what interests you into diving deep into the con world, especially now the game show world? Like, that's wild. Well, so, so part of it comes from when we did season one, we told the epic story in four chapters of how the Allied forces put together a con to fool, of all people, Hitler. And uh, it worked. It ended up yeah. possibly winning the war by, by, by pulling one over on, on Hitler. Uh, and for our follow-up for season two, we wanted to widen the playing field. So it was important that it be something personal. And I love personally, I love the world of uh, TV game shows because it's a place where the powerful have uh, preyed on the, 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 the weak. The weak have played the powerful. You've got conspiracies. You've got people who have broken various game shows. Uh, so, so that's been pretty much my life for the last four and a half months is wow. figuring out how to tell these stories. And at the same time, demystify the methodologies of deceptions, stuff that magicians know, but, oh, but, yeah. but that people who aren't playing the game might not. So are these instances that became famous or did you have to actually like research this and then now bring them to light? Mm. Uh, most of them are pretty epic campfire tales, but we try to bring our own unique perspective to them. A lot of, uh, a lot of them involve stuff that has actually happened to me. Uh, uh, other parts involve uh, sort of these, uh, these uh, I don't know, cognitive flaws that we all have. Uh, for example, the episode that you just played a little bit of right now, episode one, is really a story of fame and shame and what we will do to avoid the pain of being shamed, up to and including committing crimes. Uh, this was a case where people, you know, were doing a little bit of fudging on a, a, a TV game show, but as it got deeper and deeper into to heavy waters, they just had to keep on going for fear of being outed as being yeah. broad. Okay, so we're speaking with Brian Bush uh, Brushwood, who honestly is probably about to be my new next favorite person. Because I just want to know, out of all of the cons that you're talking about, especially in this newest season, the game show world, what's a con that we really need to like pay attention to? Like, what's what's kind of shocked you? I mean, which it seems like you're the king of cons. Who knows everything? Well, well the uh, the biggest lesson I want everybody to take away uh, is the first thing we said in episode, uh, season one, which is you can't con an honest John. If you are not <laughs> trying to get ahead on anyone, you have very little interest in anything that most con men have to offer. It's, uh, uh, for example, I bought a pair of speakers that uh, they claimed were extra inventory, but I knew these are stolen speakers, and I knew that I was getting $2,000 stolen monitors for only 300 bucks, and I felt like a badass, and it was only months later that I found out that they were like $20 garbage speakers, and it was only my desire to get one over on, on the powers that be that, that empowered the con man. As we put it, the con man puts all of his effort into the first impression. And really, it's the mark who fools themselves. 
All right. And, and the ones that you mentioned, well, specifically like the ones I think people, there's old school ones, but Price is Right and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? What cons happen there? So there, uh, the Price is Right is a fascinating one because it's a genuine whodunit. There are three different characters in this. There's the producer who had worked for 40 years and vanished. And at the time, if you see the clip of them getting the exact only perfect bid in Showcase Showdown history, Drew Carey is saying it through gritted teeth. He's clearly not happy with what's happening oh. because at the time he suspected it was a bitter producer trying to screw him over. Meanwhile, the guy who did win it insists that he had no help at all. Meanwhile, the guy next to his wife said, yeah, I just love the show. I've memorized all the prices. I was there. I said to her the right answer. So now we have three characters and we don't know which one is right and who's the player and who's the one getting played. And the worst part is, it may be that all three of them are right. They just remember it differently. <laughs> so interesting. So what do we have to watch out for? I guess, like, are there any life lessons from this? Uh, in general, uh, 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 in general, always be aware of something that's too convenient and ask whether or not are you responding to your own desires or are you um, uh, or, or, or is truly uh, Again, it goes back to you can't con an honest John. That's what it all boils down to. This, uh, the, if, are you reacting out of fame or shame, or are you acting out of uh, a genu- genuine uh, beneficence? Mm. And I, I feel like you should have answers of how we could con maybe Putin, but maybe that's another conversation. Oh, God, please. Can we just... <laughs> anyway. Uh, Look, that... <laughs> and, and actually, that, that actually brings up an interesting point because you have two players. You have the con man and you have the mark. Now, yeah. the con man... He has the advantage of, of time asymmetry. He gets months and months, and months to plan what he's going to do. But the mark has what, uh, what they call the gift of fear, that finely honed sense of intuition. How many times have you gotten screwed over that just at some level you are thinking something just isn't right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the security expert Gavin DeBecker says, listen to that voice because it's right more often than it's wrong there you go that was brian rushwood magician comedian uh check out his podcast that's out now the world's greatest con yeah check it out on the odyssey app actually thank you so much everywhere yeah go for it exactly what's coming up next ryan all right well we're going to talk a little bit directly to hollywood and how sometimes in crisis you can just shut up more coming up next (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about, you know, the the latest mistakes that Hollywood has done. I don't know if we have her clip, um, but, you know, Anna Lynn McCord, she decided to to post that Dear Mr. President Vladimir yeah. Putin, you know, poem that she wrote, which honestly is so stupid. You know, I, I really think we need to have a serious conversation about how celebrities try to get involved in certain things. Are they, you know, because they are also citizens and they are humans and they may have thoughts, but oftentimes it's the wrong thoughts. But just to give you like a little bit of a, if you missed it, you know, the viral poem that Anna Lynn McCord actually put out on Twitter and has yet to delete. It was performance art, you know. Is that. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved held in the arms of joyous light. Never would the stories plight the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, if I was your mother, warm 
so much laughter and joy and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain. Okay, the Where's the poetry jamming? You need it. She, I mean, it reminds me when you were writing poetry. You know what? No, no, no. Do not put <laughs> no, me in but, the same <laughs> No, but seriously, though, I, what do you, where's the fine line here between like celebrities understanding or maybe wanting to like offer their two cents because John Cena also kind of got thrown in there um, because he tried to um, make a, not a branded post, but he tried to include his new show, Peace Peacemaker, uh, it's on HBO Max. It's actually really good. Um, Peacemaker, he tried to inc- like include that into his support for the Ukraine. It just was tone deaf. Talk up. Let's talk about that. Where's the fine line for celebrities? What are the rules? Okay, I don't think there needs to be rules, well, but like, no, what, what's the there's fine some line etiquette? Here? Um, well, one, don't make it about you. If you're going to be posting about something tragic happening or world news, don't make it about you. Do not. Include any sort of person, personal promotion, shameless plug in it, even if your show has to do with it, right? Yeah. Unless you are literally doing a documentary about the topic and you are an expert in the field, just don't. Well, I think it's like one of those things where celebrities oftentimes, especially now more than ever with the rise of social media and cancel culture and everything that's happening, yeah. and like also like how intersectional pop culture and politics are kind of just like combined, it, um, it's one of those things where I feel like celebrities feel like they are forced to, they have to say yeah. something. When all actuality, you don't have to say a damn thing. There are plenty of people who don't get involved and don't people do not expect it. And honestly, sometimes I'm not expecting every celebrity, especially the ones I know don't know anything about what's actually happening just don't say anything well so here's the thing i think that it could be a bit uh like sometimes not saying anything and we've said that that is saying a lot sometimes right not getting involved it's not even about getting involved with a conversation it could be just about amplifying someone else who is someone who's speaking out about the subject using your platform to share what they're sharing i would push back on that so like i i personally I, I, I don't feel the need to like do my own video about the topic all the time or something like that. But I will find something like a story that someone else has reported on that I felt like really shared something important about the subject. Or if someone is on the ground, I will try to share their story. But here's the thing. If you don't feel comfortable speaking on it yourself, how yeah. do you know if you understand the uh, right information to amplify well, the okay. right message? That's the other etiquette. That's, that's the thing. Like you that's... can't just say, oh, I'm, well, I'm not going to say anything. So I'm just going to uplift Sally Sue over here well, doing no. the work. You we, how do you know Sally Sue is doing the right work and if she's on the right side of what people actually want to be out there? Well, this is where the other part of one of my rules goes in. Do the research. You got to do your rules? Research. Like how to be a good white advocate? Exactly. <laughs> I can only speak for myself, Ryan. Uh, so that's a, the, that's the thing is you got to do the research and make yeah. sure that it's from the right person. And you see that, you know, there is a bit of making like seeing what other people are sharing people that you respect and trust other news organizations that are credible what they're sharing um because yeah there was a lot of misinformation that happens whether it be and we've talked about this last week afghanistan or even with ukraine videos being shared that were not even from it like the actual event that's happening if i'm being honest i just think there's a clear difference so like when we're talking about people should stay and take a stance like when you're talking about like let's say black lives matter yeah you should take a stance when it comes to discrimination and and inequalities and all these things but when it comes to like the complicatedness of like uh what everything that's going on even between like ukraine and russia and even remember the israel and everything like you have to go into these spaces knowing what you're talking about and if you aren't clear you should follow marginalized communities who are activists in these 
spaces in these countries who are amplifying the right voices because clearly you know that's where the messaging needs to be. And so for me, it's not just about uh, saying any, like just any old thing or just following any old person or feeling the need to have to say something. Be smart about it. Inform. Yes. Or if uh, not, shut I, the hell up. Uh, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I was, I think I said this to you, producer Justin, yesterday, like, yeah. or last week, sorry, I'm losing track of time, how the one issue I have with these moments, mm-hmm. right, is how everyone becomes an expert. Did y'all have a secret white meeting Yeah, we had a secret me? meeting. <laughs> I think, like, I mentioned it maybe at the end right, of the show. Right, they have secret <laughs> meetings without me, y'all. To be fair, uh, you left early. That's, that's what happens when you leave early. So, I, I think I mentioned, like, what really bothers me, and I was kind of, like, th- thinking back at, because, you know, the, we, we're covering all this, and these shows can get intense, and I was like, what bothers me is out of, out of nowhere, everyone's an expert at this very complicated history, right? They were, you know, and just learning about it and have an opinion. And it's sometimes it, you could have a valid opinion about it. But oh my d- God, are you trying to cause me trauma, Justin? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, no what's more tone than this? Exactly. So, <laughs> but no, I, here's the thing. I don't think it's about people wanting to be. Um, well, I do think it's about people wanting to be like looked at as experts or they want to be first in the conversation. What I've learned, especially as someone like what we all have platforms here, like I don't, I'm never going to be the first. Sometimes if I just want to do a, a subtle retweet of someone yeah, who exactly. is making the same point exactly. as me, that's all I'm going to do because if I don't have anything else new to add to the conversation, totally. I'm not going to do it just for the likes and the giggles and the retweets. Like totally. that's just not me. So yeah, when I, I, I when I was thinking about, you know, what to post, because I, I think about that, I was... <laughs> so funny, I can't... Imagine Gal Gadot. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying... Am, am, uh, Anna Lynn dethroned her with her poem, but yeah. oh, please, <laughs> it's so cringy. Oh but when I was thinking about it, you know, I I don't do it right away. It was a few days it passed, and I said I feel like I should share something. And but typically, I'll try to also share what you said, like other people who are. Um, activists or advocates are on the ground and like yeah. who to follow or who's doing something interesting yeah. or nonprofits to follow. So yeah, there there's a way to do it. Um, you know, that said, don't be tone deaf, be informed. And always take the leads of marginalized communities or activists or advocates yeah. who are actually leading in the cause of everything going on. Like that's who I'm going to be, be the following. Hero. That's who I'm going to list. Even when it came to the Israel and Pakistan stuff. Palestinian. Uh, for, uh, Palestinian stuff. Like for me, that was, I'm following the, the 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 message and I'm following the leadership of marginalized people who are impacted every single day by governments and by everything that's going on in these spaces. So for me, that's what matters, right? Listening to marginalized voices in that way and uplifting them. Yep, you said it. Well, coming up next, how to keep people's attention in a meeting according to kindergarten teachers. We're going there after this. Well, you know, it could be hard to keep people's attention in meetings. We've learned... New ways to keep people's attention in meetings on Zoom. I don't even know if there's ways to keep your attention half the time. Oh my God, my mic was just flying everywhere. I don't even know what happened. No, it's like not even meet, just meeting, because it's just in life in general. There's so much going on where it's, it's hard true. to get people focused on, like, I mean, work. In general, there's a lot of distractions. Well, Mike.com created this list of how to keep people's attention in a meeting according to kindergarten teachers. And I must say, some of these things are really um, interesting and great and unique ideas. They're also kind of weird. And I don't even know how these would work, to be honest. Uh, they said, and I, I want to get your take time on this. Keeping, um, like, when we're in meetings, do you have a hard time, like, staying focused? What I do, because it can be hard with things popping up, slack and all of that, 
I try to quit all those things, and I try to... When? When have you ever quit something on your computer? She is the one main person that has 70 tabs open. Well, no, that Look tab at her is open. That doesn't mean... I meant 70 quit. tabs. I meant quit... Um, the, like Slack specific or messaging things, have, not having them. But pop the up. other seventy tabs are still keeping well, your tabs attention. are in the back. But like if it's video, I'll put the video full screen. Okay, right. Um, and I try to, including Even if I'm your meeting in person. Might freeze if you're trying to close all those tabs. That's happened. <laughs> yeah, I try to also put my phone like uh, like down so I don't even look. Because even if you have the, you might uh, end up just looking because it's so automatic. Just right? put it on Do Not Disturb during meetings. Well, no, but it's not just Do Not Disturb. It's like so I don't even look down at it or have the. Um, desire. You desire to open it up if it's right in front of me. So I'll just turn it down. So I'm not even looking at the screen. Okay. All right. Whatever works for you. So that's what I do to pay attention in meetings. Uh, But I find, I guess if someone's leading a meeting, what, like, yeah, if someone is charming and is like enthusiastic and energetic. They normally aren't. That helps. I know. That could be hard. (laughs) There normally aren't any of those things. But I also think, and this, this goes back to this list of like kindergarten teachers, what they shared. Um, you know, don't be long-winded. Yes. I, you know, I've learned a few things, um, not from any kindergarten teachers, but I feel like I've, I've thought like I've had kindergartner te- like kindergartners around before, and it's really helped. So what, what do you do? Um, okay, so, I mean, for me, paying attention to meetings, that's just something I, I'm always going to do, right? Yeah. Except for if it's like, I will say, if I'm being honest, the Zoom meetings where you're having the employee meetings, everybody's in the Zoom, uh, you know, or there's like a, like a, a video we all have to watch, girl. Half the time, that's on mute, and I'm away from my computer. Um, if I'm being honest, <laughs> note if, taken. I mean, take the notes. Everyone here knows I probably am not in the meetings. But if it's like a Zoom one-on-one, like if it's us, yeah. or if it's like in other meetings, oh, you got my full divided, undivided attention because though, I don't want to miss anything. I yeah, like to, yeah. I like to take notes. Like I'm, I have a, I have a notebook for that. Like I'm very like. I, I don't want to miss anything. Um, but when it comes to big all staff meetings, girl, please send it in an email. Half the time, Zooms can be damn emails. You don't got to tell me any of this stuff. You don't got to call me. You don't got to do, send out no links. Just write it in an email and I will read it. Here's the thing. I'm part of so many emails. Sometimes I lose track. I'm like, how many emails around this one thing? I don't that even know where we've landed. That you're unorganized. No, no, I think it's also... So here's the thing what I've learned and this is the... the the reality, people consume and take in information differently. That's true. No, so that's some people true. are more visual people. They they read something they take it in. Some people are more auditory. Um, and some people are more experiential, right? Like, so what are you? Are you an experiential? I'm more experiential. Like, I... Um, if there's an event or something happening and I see like 20 emails back and forth details, I'm like, can we just like all get on the same page and just like figure out what's happening, next steps? Like I, it's too many things like coming through. Okay. Okay. So I've learned that over time. Um, but also like in a meeting, they say this in this kindergarten tip thing where it's like, create a structure to the meeting like that's always really important to say like coming up in this it's kind of like what we do for the show coming up on the show <laughs> here's what you can expect at this point in the meeting we're this and this point we're do- this doing we're doing this and we're gonna wrap it up with this well unless someone hates our show and they think we do an awful job at that then maybe we aren't the best <laughs> <laughs> um, guys. Do, do a little tease create some structure but this is where i'm not into this i want to get your take on it who, producer Justin? Because he has something to say. Oh, what? Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, people who don't like your show, I was going to say, well, never mind. 
show. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm getting right into it. I'm she just... looked like she was electrocuted. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Um, I, well, I'm energized. We've got our favorite Tony Moore joining us for our weekly Drag Race recap in 15 minutes. Uh, plus, Colton Underwood is engaged. You know, normally I have commitment issues, but I, Tony Moore doing the Drag Race review is the best way to take me out of my commitment issues. It was saying. a good decision. It was good. Yeah. Who knows yeah. if we're going to do it next time? Probably not. But for the most part, I like it right okay, now. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, more tea coming up in the Tea Report with Ryan. Yes. In a moment. Oh my God, always. First, let's get into so much trending this hour. The Los Angeles Football Club has partnered with fans and the community to take a stand against homophobic chants sometimes made by fans at players during professional soccer games. The club announced this prior to their season opener on Saturday and that they're going to work together with Pride Republic, the 3252 Independent Supporters Union, and the Los Angeles LGBT Center team to foster an inclusive and supportive environment for fans attending games. Recent years, homophobic chants from fans directed at players have happened. Like in November, it was announced that Mexico would play its next two World Cup uh, qualifying home games in front of empty stadiums after fans were banned because of their repeated use of the slur. Last December, CA Morelia in Mexico was also forced to forfeit a game after their fans repeatedly chanted the slur and later battled police in the stands and on the field. Now that's messed up, but I'm happy that they are taking a stand against this. Mm-hmm. Now, Representative Joe Harding proposed an amendment to Florida's Don't Say Gay bill that would have forced teachers to, to out their students by notifying parents within six weeks of learning about their child's LGBTQ identity. After introducing, though, uh, it, Harding withdrew it following heavy pushback, of course, from Democrats, LGBTQ advocates. And now PR professional Michael Volpat has put his skills to good by creating a website called the Joe Harding Gay Resource page to push back against Harding's homophobia. So the site includes links to the Trevor Project and Lambda Legal, who we love. Uh, There's also a link to news stories about Harding and the Don't Say Gay Bill and a letter to Florida lawmakers that people can sign and submit through Equality Florida's website. So very smart. Do you think people are actually going to click on it, though? Because it has... His name? Well, what happens is if someone's Googling him, they're going to find this. And then it goes to all the stuff that is fighting what he's trying to do. So that's smart. It's something. Got to do something here. And finally, uh, some other person who's running, Dr. Oz, you know, who lives in New Jersey but is running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, has again taken his social media to challenge Dr. Anthony Fauci to a public debate. Dr. Fauci. Instead of letting the sycophantic media fawn all over you, let's talk facts. You got COVID wrong. Dr. Fauci, let's get the facts straight here. You and me, let's have a debate, doctor to doctor, and give the American people the truth about COVID-19. I'm game. Anytime, anywhere. Stop. Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, I mean, you know how much messed up stuff that he told people about on his show that was fake? That's what, he got called out. His show got canceled because of all this. And yet you want to challenge one of like the best doctors out there who's been working for the government for what decades? Oh my god, this is the worst. Didn't didn't Oprah create Dr. Oz? She she didn't create. She just get, I know. Uh, through certain people platforms, Her, and right? And Dr. Phil too. No one ever knew. No one would have known. You can't blame that. It's still, ble- we got la- one last day of Black History Month. How dare y'all throw Oprah's name in this? Are you kidding me? Google's top searcher on Dr. Oz. Nobody's is- perfect. Yeah. What? No one would have known. She's a human. I, is Dr. Oz even a real doctor? People all, 
uh, usually ask this. And they say, despite facing mounting criticism for his embrace or of harmful pseudoscience and the provision of evidence-free health advice, <laughs> Oz remains connected to Columbia University's medical school say, and though, is a licensed physician. Dr. Oz, when we were working from home, I would literally play his uh, talk show because it would be on the TV already and I would be watching it. He did a really interesting segment that I was like actually into. But now I'm like, dang, every time he opens his mouth now, it's just like disgust. Well, yeah. Well, thankfully, he uh, wasn't a politician then. He, I, yeah. I guess, he was gearing up to be a politician. But who knew? Well, awful. Listen, there was a poll last month, um, and Oz received just one yes, one vote out of more than a hundred casts, despite spending five point four million on TV ads in two other. Sh- Polls, straw polls, he placed third in one and fourth in the other. So I don't know if he'll be winning anytime soon. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so I'm only doing this story because it's a gay story. And (laughs) honestly, um, I don't even know if really gay people care because Colton Underwood's getting engaged. Um, It's time for your T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So yeah, Bachelor No More. Colton Underwood is engaged to Jordan C. Brown after less than one year of dating. Sounds gay to me. Um, uh, they basically told people, I'm extremely happy. 2021 was the most transformative year of my life. Starting 2022, uh, off with my best friend, teammate, and now fiance is something I never thought was going to be possible. Hmm. Uh, he said that he and, um, his, uh, fiance, Brown, decided to spend the rest of their lives together during a trip to the central coast of California. Said, after my birthday, Jordan and I went to Big Sur for a weekend getaway to decompress and relax oh. in nature. I couldn't have pictured a more beautiful place to celebrate an amazing milestone in my life and relationship. Uh, he, of course, has that Netflix show, right? Yeah. How How is that gone? <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like it. Did that even... It wasn't good. I, yeah. I, I, I screened it months in advance, and it was awful. Yep. Um, but whatever. I, like I said, I'm doing this story because it's a gay story. And um, he revealed back um, during a Good Morning America interview in April 2021 that he had struggled with his sexuality um, so much that he once contemplated suicide. But it seems like he is now in a very beautiful space in a very happy relationship. Um, and uh, he did say uh, in another interview um, that I wasn't a part of, but a friend of mine was that he liked him a, a daddy. Oh. And um, this guy is most definitely his father. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, he's a bit older. <laughs> yeah, he's cute, oh, though. He's, yeah, he's cute. He's, he's cute. He reminds me pepper. of something. He reminds me of someone. Anyway, um, but this is really good news. Congrats, Colton. We love love. Yeah, depending on. Kinda. Either way. It's not getting a yes queen or anything. But he's getting this. Okay. Well, next up, do drag queens today lack talent and are they delusional? One prominent queen says yes. We discuss it with our drag expert next. The world is your All right, it's another six-minute recap of RuPaul's Drag Race season 14. We are in, I mean, seven episodes in and honey... We got a lot to talk about. Joining us is pop culture and drag race expert, Tony Moore. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining the show. Why, hello, baby cakes. How are y'all? You know, Hi. we're good. We're, we're good. Yeah. Um, I have to say, um, it's probably really tough for any reality you know, competition show to follow up last week's smash of an episode. I mean, there was a coming out story. There was uh, one of the best acting challenges. I mean, T.S. Madison. What did mm-hmm. you think of, you know, last Friday's 
episode. Did did it? You know, is, is it good? I mean, we still haven't gotten Snatch Game. What do you, what are you thinking right now? We're not even halfway through the season. It feels like. Uh huh. We still got more season to go, honey. <laughs> I thought I I thought it was it was cute. You know, like. But I, I, a lot of people were not feeling the whole girl group, um, you know, maxi challenge. They were just like, mm, we're not feeling this. And I, I thought it was okay, um, you know, for what it was. I thought all the queens did did the best that they could. They looked great. Um, you know, singing challenges are always those moments where it's like, honey, if you can't hit a note or find a note, it's going to be real tough for you. So it was just kind of meh for me. How is this version of it different? Why did you not like it? Um, I, I don't. I feel like uh, some of the other ones like are are a little more powerful and a little more like stronger and dynamic and like really being able for the queens to show like who they are as performers. With this, they were really put into a niche and had to conform into that. So having nine girls like depict these girl groups and it's like some of them it worked and some of them it didn't it was just kind of like eh, was there another way we could have did this y'all i mean no tea no shade no pink lemonade but i'm just saying yeah you know i i think the challenge was very interesting it wasn't like my favorite i kind of tuned out of it but let's go into the runway yeah. right because uh this runway was super fun and it really put a, a shocking bottom in you know if you want to reveal the bottom because I, I don't know if we're, we really care about spoiler alerts here i mean at this point it's monday if you have Period. not loved rupaul's drag race like then spoiler alert we about to tell you the tea because this is a whole recap so in the bottom it was carrie colby and um and jasmine kennedy and it, i mean I was shocked about about Carrie because I love Carrie. I think she is amazing. She's gorgeous and everything like that. But all the girls this season are so talented that, again, yeah. like I said before, if your <sighs> fishnets are are like ripped, then honey, you could end up in the bottom. You know? Can I tell you my hot take on Carrie? Like I love Carrie. Uh -huh. I think Carrie is stunned. Um, but you can't just rely on pretty. And I feel like Carrie wasn't the fashion girl um, and the like the, the girl that I feel like a lot of people kind of were expecting, uh, what I yeah. was expecting, from the looks yeah. to the challenges to a lot of the things. I mean, she only had really two good looks, in my opinion. And besides her being <laughs> gorgeous... Um, I just don't think she really sold, sold, like, sold it for, I mean, especially for her coming from the house of Colby and, yeah. and, and the legendariness that follows that. I was a little underwhelmed, if I'm being honest, by Carrie. And I know that that's like a hot take, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. When, when you're that stunning and that gorgeous, um, and then you enter a competition like RuPaul's Drag Race, you're going to get in your head. You know why? Yeah. Because you don't have people consistently telling you like you're sickening oh girl that is everything like you should be on drag race and then you go into it and you realize that there are all these queens who like really um are on it when it comes to acting challenges really mm -hmm. on it when it comes to singing challenges tearing it up on the runway and you're like oh wait a minute am i not as sickening as my five friends told me i was mm -hmm. you know you're not so like that's a big fish small pond right you're in the bigger yeah. pond now yeah just because you're Very a 10 bad. in one space doesn't mean you're a 10 in oh. all spaces again uh, well I again tony moore is the voice you're hearing from <laughs> our pop culture and drag race expert what tony what were you saying 
Oh, no, I, I was just agreeing. Well, I mean, you know, you just, <laughs> Ryan said it, not me. From your, from your lips to everybody on the airwaves. Yeah, so where do you think we're going from here on out? You know, we, we it still feels like it's very midseason. We haven't gotten Snatch Game. Who are your tops? Who are your bottoms? Let's pick that as we wrap this up so we can get into our next conversation. Oh, my gosh. Um, Angeria is still my, my top queen. Um, I, I know she's kind of been on a slippery slope, but she's still my top queen. Lady Camden mm-hmm. is coming up for me, and so is Bosco. There's something about Bosco that I still find so interesting, especially she read them for filth during this with the reading challenge. Yeah. She definitely shut the library down. Um, and so you have to watch those queens because – the queens that are quiet, like Willow, Willow is quiet, but Willow is fierce. So, like, you have to watch out for them. Still in the bottom for me is Jasmine Kennedy. Like, I love her, and I think she is, like, a showgirl, and I think that you put her on stage, she's going to pot ray kickball change. But there's something <laughs> about her in this competition that is not allowing her to be her best self. Yeah. I think she's, like, too far in her head, and she just won't let loose and have fun. Okay. Well, Tony, we're going to keep this party going because one Drag Race alum is basically calling all the new girls uh, delusional and they have a lack of talent. Find out who and what our thoughts are coming up next. Show me what you got. All right, so Bianca Del Rio, the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6, you know, she is one of the most high-profile and successful um, queens that have kind of come out of the franchise. Well, she is one queen that does not mind, um, you know, saying her thoughts, of course, right? She basically was talking about the the, the newer queens, and she says, I think one of the biggest uh, changes in is the level of disillusion, uh, delusion. There's just a, such a large amount of delusion. There's no substance, you know? I think the lack of talent is something that's quite relevant and kind of annoying. And this is her thoughts on kind of the newer versions of queens that are coming out. And um, she basically suggested that her skills as a stand-up comedian gave her an advantage. And she, asked, she was asked about, like, what changes she has seen in the drag scene in recent years and that's where she feels like there's a, a large amount of delusion mm. and no substance and a lack of talent well tony moore is back with us our pop culture and drag race expert please let's get into this because it's just a is this just another moment of bianca just being you know same old bianca or does she have some points here i'll give you my take right <laughs> okay what you, what's your take well, I think just like, and we were talking about this off air, like any oh, any hey, movement, and Tony, I would love, uh, we're going to go to you. I would love to know what Shira has to think. <laughs> but any movement, including any sort of, uh, I think any underground or emerging movement and like drag culture is part of that. When we talk even about like YouTube creator culture, anything, um, I think as it becomes mainstreamed, the worry is are people just jumping on the bandwagon, right? And like they're just coming into it for the glam, the glitz. Like, is there actually talent involved? Do they understand what it really takes to make it? And I feel like that's maybe what she was saying, but it could have come out as something different, though. Like, you know, a bit of a drag. I mean, anything Bianca says, if you know Bianca is a drag. All right, uh, Tony, what do you think? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Oh, Thank there you. we go. Loud and clear. Here's the thing. I, I honestly think she has some points, and this is why. You have to think that back in the day before Drag Race, you know, hit the airwaves, the way that you got notoriety in the drag world was through pageants. If if you were the winner of Miss Continental, Miss Gay US of A, you know, that gave you some sort of notoriety, right? And if you entered into the world of, of drag, you sought out a drag mother um, 
and and those people really wanted to be in drag and really perform and things like that. Now, with the success of Drag Race, we can see what it can do for a drag queen, which these opportunities were never given to, to people before Drag Race. So I think now we have these younger queens who decide, oh, well, I'm going to start doing drag so that I can travel across the world, so that I can be on TV, so that I can do commercials, so that I can tour. So they go on YouTube and they like learn how to do makeup and, and all this kind of stuff, and they enter in the local pageants and stuff, and they have their five friends who tell them they're fierce, they're sickening, they should be on, on Drag Race, but they lack sometimes the professionalism mm -hmm. and the and the uh the heart of drag uh, as far as an art form and to me sometimes they're not in it for the right reasons because drag is a a huge art form and you have to love drag in order to do it and i think most yeah. of the younger queens are loving the fame of drag and not the art of drag I mean, I, I can agree on some of that, but I kind of want to push back in, in the sense of, do you think, you know, I often feel like as as people get older and queens who have like years in it and decades worth of years in it, of course, their thoughts are very, um, are important, right? Because they are the culture. Mm -hmm. They are what started, you know, what we're seeing now. But I also mm -hmm. think... Are, is it just old people just being old and, and feeling like, oh, because the, the scene is changing, that it's not as legitimate as it was when they first grew up? No, I, I, I really honestly think that there are some younger queens who, you know, feel very entitled because they think they're pretty and they can do a, a dip um, and <laughs> they can split and things like that. And they're like, well, why aren't you booking me at your club? Well, mm. there's a reason. Like, you are almost there, but you're not as clean and polished as as you should be um, but I, I do and, wonder though should the scene because i guess i understand the way that certain systems used to work because of the like you know it, i think there's this like uh this not a hierarchy but there was a way of doing things right you had to moving earn, your way up you had to earn your way pole. up the ladder Yes, um, and yes. I, I agree with that. But like as something has become a little bit more mainstream and a lot of people, the, the art of it has opened up. Should those same systems still be in, in, in place? Should there be a little wiggle room for change and opportunity for, you know, and yes, maybe these queen, baby queens need to learn not to, you know, have an ego and all that stuff. That's a different conversation. But when it comes yeah. to them, you know being talented or learning how to do makeup through YouTube and how the system has inherently changed, do you think it's still fair to have this type of way of thinking? I, I do believe that, yes, you know, when, when you're a younger queen, you do have to, as they say, you know, pay your dues. You know, you do have to enter yourself into the local competitions and really go out to the, to the drag shows and, and let yourself be seen and known and things like that. And I think this younger generation, because, you know, they have, you know, a, a crowd of people that tell them that they're fierce and that they should be doing this. They think that, and they feel like they can skip the line and they don't have to do the work mm -hmm. um, in order to just like be there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the sense of like, well, I'm I'm sickening and I can do this. So why am I not given this? It's like because you haven't quite earned it yet, because there are some people who are in front of you that have done the work and and deserve the opportunities and things that they're being given. You can't just jump that line. Now, talent is talent. Like if you're talented, then, you know, sometimes that's a grace. But 
a lot of the newer queens, I think, feel very entitled that as soon as they get up and drag that they feel like, you know, they should be given the same opportunities. You know what I mean? I feel like that's like any a lot of industries where people come up on like social media or right away get on TV. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's different, right? Like you still, there's a difference between like the person who put in the work traditionally and the person that does get in because they may have raw natural talent, but there is a bit of like a skipping line because of how they're put out in the public, right? So that's really interesting. Well, Tony Moore, we love having you on. We appreciate you. Um, Listen, I always love a good kiki on a Monday afternoon with y'all. I truly appreciate it. And let's do it again next Monday. As always, we love having you on. Again, Tony Moore is our resident pop culture drag race expert after the Slay God, of course. No, I'm not. <laughs> pop culture expert. No? Yeah, I'm a drag race. There you go. But I wouldn't consider myself an expert. In drag love race. you, Tony. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Now coming up, uh, these are the 20 most common passwords passwords leaked on the dark web. So we're going to let you in on some of them and make sure they, that you are not using any of these passwords, okay? That's next. Watch out, your go-to password might be easier to guess than you think. So I gotta change my password for one, two, three, four, five. Probably. Actually, that's one of them. <laughs> I hope you have, that isn't it. And there's a six at the Actually, end of that. Actually, it's several of my passwords. Oh, Ryan, you yeah. need to get with it. With all these hacks happening. Actually, I'm just joking. It's I know. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, okay. eight. Yeah, right. <laughs> According to a new report from mobile security firm Lookout, and they published a list of the 20 passwords most commonly found in leaked account information on the dark web. Ooh. So you're going to want to make sure you're not using one of these passwords. Okay, tell me the and, list. And by the way, if you're wondering how common this is, there was a record number of data breaches in the U.S. last year, up 68% from 2020. What? Yeah. That's scary. So it is scary. Okay, so one is what you mentioned. You know you what's mentioned. What? really sad? Oh. What? People who are hacking and breaking into stuff, break into them damn student loans. Yeah, break into something like, to help do people. something helpful instead of <laughs> use your powers for good, not evil. Also, like, what are you bringing into, like, the accounts of poor people? Right? Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, that's like right? a dump on poor Am people. I right? <laughs> well, no, like, that's what hackers do. It's like you're, like, targeting. I mean, not... Uh, I'm not a um, pro-hack, by the way. I'm not I promoting uh, if, you're, if you're a fan of NFTs, you're probably pro-anything. <laughs> no. I'm pro-equity and innovation. Okay, Ryan. But Just because here's you another... put two big words on it doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> Shot every time I say a buzzword. Um, so here's one of the passwords. Actually, I'm kind of... I think you should be offended by this, too. What? QWERTY. What? Because, you know, there's a site called QWERTY we always go to. What? And what? QWERTY is QWERTY? A... Who uses the password QWERTY? What is that What is that word? QWERTY is the top... If you look at a keyboard, he d- Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Qwerty. Not QWERTY, the, the website that we use. I was like, what? I thought it was a tag on the queer community. <laughs> oh, wow. People are actually putting numbers as they're like... They're... Yeah, people actually use the word one, password, one, one, one. by the way. The word password as their password. Well, here's the thing. I gotta, I gotta give them some grace and space because pe- maybe they're thinking it's so dumb that no one's actually going to think it. Like, oh, you know, like when you're people are like, oh, okay, I'm not actually going to try password, or, and it's actually password. Or it could be something that you just don't care about that much about, like your Netflix yeah. password. Like, who cares? Like, just well, I care I mean, about that. I don't need people well, going in messing up my algorithm oh, of like true, what yeah. shows up to me. Like, I don't need somebody coming in watching zombie stuff, and then all I see is zombie stuff. 
Like yeah, that's I would not like ruin your night. Open, just open up. If you're gonna steal it, open up another profile, and you can just steal and take all you need to. Yeah. And like, just don't mess up my algorithm. Do that's the, all that matters. Be the guest profile, yeah. right? Yeah, that's exactly the joke I just made. Uh, another password. <laughs> another password is "I love you." Oh, that's a lot of people use "I love you," and a lot of people are evil out there. My passwords are, have gotten longer and longer. Actually. Oh yeah, like in, mm-hmm. and sometimes, even though I don't think you should, th- sometimes you know, Apple. If you have an Apple, um, they will give you suggested passwords where it's like I don't know, like a combination of yeah. just every word or language. It's like they threw letter. up on your. Yeah, sometimes you know, those are helpful because they automatically remember it. But I like to like you know be complicated with mine. Like I like to go like in depth. Like yeah, so very creative. So some of my passwords are like like at least thirty. 34 letters. Like, 34? I swear. But like, then that's the worst when you need to put it in on your TV, well, right? normally, but that's why you got to be smart about it. The more complicated things that I need to keep shielded, those are the more complicated ones versus like Netflix ones. Those are like, you know, the common ones. Well, yeah, you, you, like for your bank. Because my mom right? has to use those. Like my mom and my grandmother uses those. Yeah, you don't want to make it too But, you know, until like my bank, it's like, it's a good 64. Or, or, or you don't want to make it too complicated for, that's really long. Uh, for your mom, like a, dir- that, like a dirty word. <laughs> you just hear, I love that there's a delay. With you. She's like, no, I was just like, say 64? <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, you like, imagine you had a password for your Netflix and you gave it to your mom and it was like something 69. Well, mine would be nipples and toes 34. Okay. <laughs> We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one goes to Ariana DeBose, who's now in the SAG Awards record books. Uh, she won Best Supporting Actress for her performance as Anita in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, and she is now the first Latina to win, win a film award from the Guild, along with being the first queer woman of color to be recognized for acting. So this was huge, and here was a bit of her acceptance speech. It's taken a long time for me to feel comfortable calling myself an actor. My roots come from the dance world and the Broadway stage and the Anita that we see on the screen took every bit of me, but she took 10 years to make and I'm extremely proud of her and of our film. And I really do believe that when you recognize one of us, you recognize all of us in a way. I mean, I hope she wins the Oscar because if she does, it's literally going to be the same award that Rita Moreno won. For the wow, same role huge. in so the cool. first West Side Story. Love it. So I, I, I hope she wins it. I mean, it was really incredible to see her accepted at uh, this moment. Uh, she looks gorge. I have thoughts about her dress, but that's a, that's here. Another. We're keeping it positive. Yes, yes, queen. queen, exactly. Um, but yes, I'm so happy she deserves this. She's living such a moment, and I'm such such a fan. Oh, my God. All the way around. It's Love so great. It. Big yes, queen, to Ariana DeBose. Yeah. Yes, Queen. And that does it for our show today. Wow, first show of the week, but we've got more coming for you the rest of the week. We're here weekdays live on channel Q2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Coming up on tomorrow's show. Oh, my God. Can you believe the clock? What is it? Uh, The clock is going back? Forward? Spring forward. Spring forward soon. So we're losing. Wow. We talk about this every year and still we forget. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we should just end it all. Well, there are a lot of states coming together for that, and we'll give you the latest updates tomorrow. Uh, Plus, um, what to do if your boss calls you antisocial. Well, I I agree. We're going there. And say thank you. Plus, top of our headlines with What's Trending This Hour and the T-Report, bringing you all the info you need. If you miss any of our interviews or 
uh, shows. We post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay and have a wonderful day. Yes, stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's talking about how to know you met your romantic match. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.